Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Great show we've got in store for you today. Another wild Champions League day today. It was match day two of Wednesday's slate of fixtures. Yes, it was interesting. Real Madrid and Manchester City, they left it very late indeed. Big three score for Paris Saint-Germain, and it's Blues again, the blue days for Chelsea fans out there. Nigel Rio Cooker, James Ben joining me today, and I'm Ian Joy. Kegolazzo begins right now. Welcome along, everybody. Ian Joy here with you, Nigel Rio Cooker and James Ben. As we run through, just as the games have just finished in the Champions League, it is match day two. Wednesday's Slater fixtures were crazy. Wasn't much action in the first half of the games, but the second half really enlightened us all. It was entertaining at no end. There was a lot of goals, a few surprises along the way. But we've got to start, boys, before we get into it, we've got to start with Group G, Manchester City taking on Borussia Dortmund. It was a bit of a scare for Manchester City. They did win in the end by two goals to one, thanks to that man, Erling Haaland. I cannot wait to run through the stats for you. But I'm going to start with you, James Benj. It was a bit of a scare, and it was nice to see Jude Bellingham get on the score sheet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. And I, I just thought kind of watching that game on through the corner of my eye whilst focusing on Chelsea, I just thought, you know, who, who is this this guy, Jude Bellingham? He, I mean, we know how we've known for a long time how good he could be. And I thought this was one of the best performances I've seen from him yet. And the sort that kind of gets you looking ahead to that World Cup. And I know Gary Lineker was tweeting as well and sort of saying, this guy's got to start in the England midfield. But then, you know, John Stones as well. I, I want to see more game time from him. I thought he was authoritative in defence for most of this game. It wasn't exactly yeah. the most dangerous of Dortmund attacks until Bellingham scored. Um, and then <laughs> a wonder goal, which obviously Erling Haaland had to, felt compelled to eclipse because I was like, no one's scoring a better goal than uh, John Stones tonight. And that lasted all of a few minutes. I mean, Erling Haaland, this guy, it's, it, he must, he can't be human. He must have been built in a factory um, designed to create the perfect footballer because no one that size is supposed to be able to do things like that. James, have you not seen Ibrahimovic? Come on. Actually, that's fair. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There you go. But anyway, yeah, you can shake your finger all you like. Um, Wasn't the greatest of games, I must say. I think uh, until they scored, that was Manchester City's, what, first shot on target in the, what, wait, in the 60th or 70th minute. But again, Haaland there, that's why he got bought to City. You know, that's the belief that they have in him. Again, my my worry is, is there too much of a reliance? How many times is he going to do that for Manchester City? Because it was a truly fantastic goal, like acrobatic. That is what you call athleticism at its best. But also, let's not be fooled. This guy is a very talented football player. Very good with his feet. Super intelligent with his movement. And even if you look at that goal again, not just even the cross into the box, but watch Haaland's desire to get in the box, to make runs in behind defenders. That's something that I think any young players or young fans watching should really be studying and watching. Every time the ball's out wide, he's not standing next to a defender being comfortable, thinking the ball's going to fall to my feet. He's trying to make things happen, willing to run in behind, willing to run in front of defenders. Just got that great movement and what a fantastic goal. Truly was. And again, it's the one where Haaland saves Manchester City. But the question is, How many times can he do that? And I still feel as well, James, you obviously saw the goal. There's still questions lingering about Manchester City, how far they can go in this tournament, because still defensively, they still don't look that great to me. I think that teams will find themselves very comfortable and have a lot of belief that they can get goals against this Manchester City side. Yeah, it's already been proven, Nigel, if you think of the amount of times that 
Manchester City have come back in games and got themselves into a position to to either draw or go on and win games. They're relying heavily on Erling Haaland. Um, just want to run through the stats from that game. Jude Bellingham obviously got the first goal in the game on the 56-minute mark, fourth goal of the, C- uh, of the Champions League career for him. He is the youngest ever team to have four goals in the Champions League, believe it or not. John Stones on the 80th minute. What a great goal that was from John Stones, his first Champions League goal since 2017. And these are the stats I want to read off to you, James and Nigel. This is just something that blows me away. Erling Braut Haaland. I mean, he looks like he's Norwegian, by the way. On the 84th minute, it was a stunning strike. 22 years old. That was his 24th Champions League goal. Only 20th Champions League game. He scored for Borussia Dortmund 86 goals from 89 appearances and for Salzburg 29 goals from 27 appearances. And for Manchester City, that was his 13th goal and only his ninth appearance. And I was shaking my hand, Nigel, at you. You can answer in just a second. But I was waving my hand because you compare him a little bit to Zlatan. And I agree with you. The flexibility and how he can do these crazy maneuvers, Zlatan-esque, right? I mean, it's just the same as you would see Zlatan do these crazy maneuvers. But I think if you look at his finishing ability, he's kind of a mix between most of the greats who have played in the Premier League. I'd put Alan Shearer in there, just the way he finishes. I'd put Andy Cole in there because of the way he finishes. And I think that's the record he's chasing in the Premier League. But this guy is something I have never seen before. And from the moment I laid eyes on him, when he scored, I think, what, seven goals in a game for Norway in the under-20s World Cup, you could tell he was something different. But I think even my expectations have been blown away. But am I right to compare him to, to some of the greats that have ever played in the Premier League when you look at his style? He's different. He's unique. He could be better than all of them with the goals that he's scoring. But Nigel, could you see that? 100%. I agree with you. And when I compared him to Zlatan, my thing was more so the physical aspect and the athleticism with that physicality. You know, we've seen other players that are in that six foot plus height range. And most of the time, they've just been used as target men in their career. Hold the ball up bring everyone else into play, not the best with the ball at their feet. But no, this guy is gifted. And I agree to you in the sense of he's a natural-born finisher. He is definitely a cut of the Shearers, the Andy Coles, the Van Nistroys even. He knows where the goal is. He doesn't need to look up. Once the ball's at his feet around that box, he knows exactly where to put it. So for me, it was only the physical aspect that I was going to compare to Zlatan and athleticism. But for Mm -hmm. me, I think... He's more lethal, more dangerous than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And I say it a lot. One of the things that really intrigues me, kind of looking at some of the the stats, and I don't know what your guys' view is on on things like expected goals, mm-hmm. but um, the, the difference between what a ordinary average player would be doing with the chances Haaland has got and what Haaland has done, and actually even what a sort of Messi or a Son, you know, the players that we say are the best finishers in the world, it is... You know, it's utterly remarkable. I'm just kind of looking at the numbers here. Um, And by all means, discount expected goals. But 65.7 expected goals in Bundesliga, Premier League and Champions League. He scored 86 goals. That's 25%, 26% more. He's scoring, you know, if if an average player is scoring four goals with the chances he gets, he's, he's scoring five. Even Messi is 10% better. You know, Son is 8% better. I don't understand if that's actually possible. You know, this is, you know, when we talk about greatest players, greatest strikers ever, even they don't do that. So I think kind of statistically, one, we probably can't expect this. This is like magic. We probably can't expect it to keep going. But even if he drops off, just on the numbers and the stats, if he were to drop off, he's still one of the greatest strikers the world has sort of seen on current trend. And that's mad. No, no, James, we can't expect it, and we do expect it. We want more from the Erling Haaland. We're not done yet with the Haaland. I think there's more goals to come. You're watching Keiko Lazzo, Ian Joy with James Benj and Nigel Rio Cooker with you. Do you agree with us? Erling Haaland, once again, this kid is continuously breaking records. Will he be the leading goal scorer in the Champions League this campaign? How many goals do you think you'll get? Please leave a comment and join in the conversation. I know a lot of people were a little frustrated with Nigel's comments yesterday on Chelsea, which is why we're about to move there in just a moment. But I'll let you know that Copenhagen and Sevilla drew nil-nil uh, Manchester City topped the group, uh, of course, with the six points. Dortmund quietly behind them with the three points. Looking forward to the games ahead. Let's move into Group E. Chelsea taking on Salzburg. It was Graham Potter's debut on the bench after the absence of uh, fixtures in the English Premier League this past weekend. 
It was an interesting game, to say the least. Nigel, I just want to get your thoughts because I can only imagine you're a little bit pissed off with No, Chelsea. no, no, no. First of all, we'll let James go first. And second okay. of all, I know you're saying now about the Chelsea fans just because they can jump on my back, but I know they can't really be disagreeing with my comments because it makes sense. I don't say things for clickbait. I say things that make sense and get you thinking. Go on, James. You no, no, hold on a minute. Before James jumps in, I'll let you know that some of the comments, some of the comments were directed right at you, Nigel Rea Cook, and it was a lot of unhappy Chelsea fans, but that's a familiar thing. Go on, James. Take it away. Well, there's going to be a lot of unhappy Chelsea fans tonight, aren't there? Because what I just saw was kind of every, every like everything that, that was starting to frustrate Chelsea fans about Thomas Tuchel. It looked really sort of, the build-up play was lovely and they were really dominating possession and keeping the ball where they wanted it to be and taking no good shots. Didn't have a shot on target in the first half. Yep. You know, have, have again, without wishing to, to bang the XG drum, one expected goal from all of that territory, all of that possession. You know, obviously what you can say is, there's, uh, Potter's only had so long and there were some interesting tweaks I thought Raheem Sterling had a, a really good game as a left wing back I'm sure Nigel will agree with me I don't know how many games he'll want to have as a left wing back um, and obviously I thought Cucurella was great as well um, it's sort of, there were steps forward but it's not all going to change overnight it, you know that midfield it doesn't look quite as, you know, the defence doesn't look quite as protected if it doesn't have Kante in front of it. So, yeah, it was a little bit back down to earth for Chelsea. Um, you've been, and you've been too that- nice, James. I think you've been too nice. And Nigel's smile tells me that. <laughs> yeah, being way too nice. But go on, James. No, no, no. I, I want to hear, hear what Nigel has to say because no one normally... Ah, listen, you, nice you're being very nice. That it was absolutely boring. And I think for me, yes, Graham Potter's just gone in there, but let's be realistic about football. Squad for squad, you look at that Chelsea squad against Salzburg squad, they're expected to win that game. And I don't know if you heard it, but for me, at the end of the game, there was a little bit of moans and groans coming from the fans already. Yep. They don't care if that's Graham Potter's first game. You have a talented squad of top-class players. You're expected to win that game. Chelsea cannot look at themselves to say they're in the same level to compete against the Man City's the, um, the Bayern Munichs and Barcelona's where they want to be when they can't beat Salzburg in the Champions League. And it was a very dry, boring game. Yes, he's trying to create his identity of how he wants to play. But for me, there was no creativity. There was no real individuality of something's going to happen. As you said, it was great, beautiful build-up with no end product. I personally agree with you, James. I don't see Raheem Sterling in the long term wanting to play that wing-back role. And remember, this was just Champions League today. When they go back to domestic league form, they're going to have a lot more problems, a lot more high-quality players they'll be facing and a lot more physicality where they'll be able to get through that. I don't think Thiago playing in the back three by himself at his age is a wise idea. They're humming and moaning and groaning about giving Kante a new deal, where for me that makes no sense where he wants a longer-term deal, but they're reluctant to give it to him. But they give Aubameyang a long-term deal. Aubameyang a signing that you signed for a manager that you sacked. Who says Graham Potter wants to work with Aubameyang? He, he looked really, I thought he looked really poor tonight. And, uh, oh, uh, off just tonight? Just tonight? Well, oh, bro, you looked quicker. This and, this. and this is my point about how all of this thing that's happening with Chelsea, when you don't know football and you just dive in and start making decisions and listening to people here, there and everywhere, thinking you can reinvent the wheel, it does not work. For me right now, until the other subject gets touched upon, he needs to worry about running a football club that's going to compete and win things instead of thinking about an all-star game in a multi-club system. Because for me, it's not going to be long till Chelsea fans turn on Graham Potter and on Todd Boyle, the ownership, if they keep seeing performances like that. All right, let me recap. Chelsea All-Stars 1, Salzburg All-Stars 1. Raheem Sterling scored in the 48th minute, his 158th career goal. Uh, Pretty incredible statistics in the Champions League as well. 25 goals, 21 assists from 75 appearances in the Champions League. Raheem Sterling once again getting in the score sheet. Nice to see. But Noah Okafor, the Swiss international, six goals in his last seven games. Lovely assist from Adamu. Uh, Before we move on to discussion um, about what's happening off the field with Chelsea Football Club, do you think Chelsea could have done better with that? goal they conceded. I thought Thiago Silva dived in, was ridiculous defending and there could have been a foul in the opposition half. James, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I have to say with things like that, 
you're clearly on the ropes the minute the ball breaks to, to Salzburg down that flank. Someone foul someone? Like, you guys know better than me. But I mean, if I was in your position, I, I, if I could reach the players that are running away from me, I'd just kick one of them because it's obvious that there's a lot of danger there. So just foul. City James, so stop, good at that. stop being so humble, James. You're very knowledgeable. You know, the main factor on that one for me is Thiago Silva should have won the tackle. He should have definitely won that tackle. And then even when that didn't happen, Asquilicote in the back post, you can see the movement of the striker. Space doesn't score. He needs to go tighter to the player because that was the only one in the box. But he kind of stays off him and lets him run in front of him. And that's why he's easy to able to get the touch and the pass, well, the side foot touch to basically put it into the back of the net. But in those situations there, you need to get tight because when you're feeling that player, when you're close to that player, that's when you can compete and stop because there's no one else in the box. And he tried to run into the space. Space don't score. It's the players. Yeah, great point right there, Nigel. And you also made a great comment. And I'm never going to forget that one there. You just said that James Benj is very knowledgeable. Now I want to open up to the subject of an article that James Benj wrote on CBS. Uh, oh, apart from this part. Apart from this part. <laughs> apart from this part. I said knowledgeable. Uh, say James, James, I'm just going to open up to you because you did write the article on CBSSports.com and the, the headline was why the Premier League All-Star Game is actually a great idea by Chelsea owner Todd Bowley here. Um, I'm, I just want to get your opinion on this one, James, first and foremost, before I know Nigel wants to get in and have a little bit of a dig. <laughs> uh, please explain yourself, please. Look, I am just about of the generation that plays FIFA Ultimate Team and watches the Avengers movies and can't think of anything more exciting than the idea of a, a, a team up from, if you know, Bakayo Saka teaming up with Raheem Sterling, except in an England shirt. That's bores me. I just think it's a lot of fun. I also think from a football media perspective, and you guys will know this in the States with the sports over there, it's a really fun way of driving conversations, but also like, celebrating players that have had really good seasons. I know we have the PFA team of the year, but that's 11 spots. And and nowadays, you know, De Bruyne, um, Salah, you write in half the, the players there and you don't get a chance to celebrate what I reckon would be about 40 players a year who could say I was an all-star. I think that's that for me is kind of reason alone to do it. Even if you don't play the game fixture list is the thing everyone points out, but you just, you, you need to have a conversation about the fixture list anyway. Obviously, Todd Burley's pitch here was that an all-star game could help money trickle down into the EFL. It could, you know, literally fund the EFL. Well, maybe that means you can kind of re- readdress some things to do with the EFL Cup, which for the big teams is is a real slog. Obviously, the other thing that everyone said is maybe it could replace the Community Shield. I know I'm fighting a losing battle here. You know, all the great and the good, Nigel, Jamie Carragher, Thierry Henry, Jurgen Klopp, Everyone in my Twitter mentions, no one's on my side here. But I think what you all need to know is it it just would be fun. It doesn't have to be anything important. I don't think the players would like run very hard, run hard, run fast, dive into tackles. Mm -hmm. I think it would be exhibition, 6-5. It'd be a bit of fun. And then we'd have a free kick challenge. So why do it? If If it's not going to be competitive, why do it? That's how we grow up, James. Let's be real. No, it's not fun. That, but it, it's not going to be competitive. Why do it? But you remember the games when you were sort of, uh, you know, when you were a young kid and they, they ended 6-5 and you're playing on till, you know, your parents called you in because the sun's going down. That was a long time ago happen- for Nigel, though. We must not for, <laughs> forget that, James. It was a long time ago. It would have, it was a long time for me too. It would have a bit more of that atmosphere, I think. And I think, you know, when you watch like, it, it, it's the build-up never quite, satisfies the kind of final product especially when you watch like i'm a big nba guy when i watch the all-star game after a while you're a bit like oh god i've seen enough trick shots and slam dunks but i think it still is more fun than not so yeah let's give it a go hold on james has said he watches the nba all-star game and he gets bored to death of it and then (laughs) we listen we listen to the analysis we listen to the sports experts over here talk about oh we need to reinvent the all-star it's pointless no one defends no one does anything it's just a big show and it's a money grab the premier league doesn't need the money it's the most successful and watched football league in the world all for me it's the arrogance of toboli to come over and say oh we should learn from american sports that is complete arrogance 
for someone who's the owner of Chelsea and still thinks Salah and De Bruyne are in their academy. That just shows the arrogance of it. Get to know your club and your community first before you start coming making these bold statements. I don't mind ideas. I'm all for ideas, but respect people's culture. For us, it's about the team we support, the city we're from, the, the kids that come through the local academy system, they become local heroes, the heroes we idolize. We don't need this whole Hollywood celebrity all-star game because it's going to turn, like you just said, James, it's going to be a popularity contest. But I, I, I do think the culture that we all share, where we grew up supporting a team, I do, you see signs nowadays that that is changing, that Messi and Ronaldo have changed that and that Haaland and Mbappe will change that. Mm. And I think to an extent, we maybe we all... I don't, I'd love to disagree with you on that, James. I don't think so. I think more so it's because maybe there's more nationalities coming to live in yeah. England that people don't realise. But the real British people, they pick their team and they stick yeah, with that's it. True. They're very loyal about it. So maybe it's just because there's more nationalities coming into there of different backgrounds that people are seeing that. But for me, again, I personally just don't think it's a good idea. I think it's an absolute joke. And if he wants to come and make, um, give ideas to the English game and how it can change and get better. So how about we go over there and give ideas to them? How about they bring a promotion and relegation system in their sports? Yeah. How about we give them that? Because then next thing you know, the next step is going to be, oh, we need to do a, a wage cap and a cap and there's going to be no transfer fees. Now we're going to start trading players. Then there's going to be a luxury tax. No, football doesn't work like that. And I've said it before, he needs to concentrate on making Chelsea successful because after that performance today, the press and the media are going to be on him about making Chelsea successful because he's already embarrassing himself as an owner where people who know the game, who study the game and whether they're journalists or ex-players, they can identify whether a club is well-structured or well-run. You look at the transfer window they've just had, the period that they've just had right now, it's embarrassing. Brighton, that's a small club, is so well run and doing things so right compared to Chelsea. And it won't be long till these fans... And what Todd Bowley has to understand is this. This is Chelsea, a London club. If it goes back up for sale, you be you better be know there'll be five or six groups ready to buy that club in a heartbeat. Just like the Glaziers, Wealthy people, business people, they bought in Wall Street friends to run Manchester United. All they see is numbers and all Man United fans are seeing is get out of our club. Our club means more to us than all you money men and all the money you can bring in. They would rather burn that club down or start again from the bottom than let these people, Americans, should I say, come with their concepts and their ideas with no knowledge of the game and take away from them what they love. That's only just me going at half pace. I'm going to stop there, Ian. That is Nigel Rio Coker's comments right there. Do you agree with him? Please let us know in your comments below. I'm going to give you a quick comment right here from Todd Bowley. He said that people are talking about why don't we have more money for the pyramid? MLB did their all-star game this year. They made $200 million from a Monday and a Tuesday. You could do a North versus South all-star game from the Premier League to fund the pyramid very easily. That's that was the worst owner. bit. The worst bit is the North versus South thing. It's weird, like... No one wants that. Yeah, you should you have don't it do that, James, style. you know, it's the same thing like you just said. It's going to be a popularity contest. Those yeah, people, that's what I want. Players, I want the popularity contest. There you go. See? Okay. But okay, you look at a player like Caicedo right now, right? At Brighton, centre mm. midfielder. Fantastic player. Playing tremendously well. Great talent. Could go. You could see he's got the ability to play for a top team. He's not going to be picked in an all-star game because he's not playing for a fashionable club. That's right. the mentality that's going to come into it. And we're going to Hollywood and glamorise the Premier League and I guarantee you, put it this way. Imagine you're a club owner now. You give one of your top superstars to play in this meaningless game, but somehow they get injured because someone else they're playing against wants to be a bit more competitive and you lose your star player for a season. How are you going to feel? Yeah, I hear you, Nigel. Listen, we've got breaking news to give to you right now, Nigel Rio Coker, because Miguel Brandao just dropped in the comments that he agrees with you and he does not agree with James Ben. So there's yes. the one fan out there on yeah. YouTube that we found. <laughs> To agree with you. Thank you, Miguel Brando, for your comments. If you agree with Nigel, um, do you think this is a crazy idea to have the all-star game, North versus South in the Premier League? Let us know in the comments. Do you agree with James Bench that this would be a great idea? It would be something different. The next generation can learn from something like this. We should make it fun. Please let us know in the comments or let the guys know directly on social media. You can also find us at Pod on Twitter. Um, it's been another interesting day of Champions League action. Match day two of Wednesday's Slater games. Uh, we're talking about Group B where Chelsea drew 1-1 with Salzburg. Uh, but the other game 
in the group was AC Milan, who kicked off in the earlier kickoff. They beat Dinamo Zagreb by three goals to one. Uh, Olivia Giroud scored yet again for Milan. Uh, that is three different clubs he has scored in the Champions League for following goals for Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh, Salmakers had a great day again. He scored his second Champions League goal this campaign, making it 2-0 before Mislav Orsic made it interesting, bringing it back to 2-1.56 minutes on the clock. And then 77 minutes on the clock, Tommaso Pobega made it 3-1 to Milan and an important three points for them. They sit at the top of the group on four points. Matt Osman, Bowley needs to make Chelsea good before telling other clubs how to run their sport. It's a great comment right there. Exactly. And- I believe that we should absolutely respect what's happening right now with Chelsea Football Club. I am a big fan of finance. I'm a big fan of American ownership. I'm a big fan of changing the game. I think it's interesting to see how uh, a new owner comes into Chelsea Football Club and wants to implement these ideas without getting to learn what Nigel said, the culture, the communities, the people, the people that live around the stadium, the people that love this club, that breathe this club. You have to learn the people first before you come up with these crazy ideas to implement your uh, way forward as to how you're going to make money. It's not just about making money. It's about how you can impact these communities and how you can make a difference around the world because there's no doubt that Chelsea have the money to do so. There's no doubt that Todd Bowley has the impact to do so. But I do think, Nigel and James, that he will have a tremendous impact at Chelsea on and off the pitch. Great first segment, boys. Thank you so much. It was awesome to talk about Chelsea. They did, however, have a 1-1 game today in the Champions League. They need to start picking up points and certainly need to get off to a good start with Graham Potter now on the bench after the sacking of Thomas Tuchel. As always, boys, thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll discuss the rest of the games from match day two of the Champions League on Wednesday slate. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Please don't forget that CBS Sports is your home for the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, and UEFA Europa Conference group stages with Paramount Plus streaming every match live. And to complement the best club competitions in the world, Paramount Plus also boasts a wealth of premium soccer documentaries, including Destination Parish, which premieres exclusively in the USA and follows journalist Guillaume Balaguer's path through Europe for the 2021-22 UEFA Champions League season culminating with the final in Paris. Balagues travels detail Ukrainian club Shakhtar Donetsk's experiences and ongoing war. Check out Destination Paris and the entire Champions League season on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back into Kegel Lasso. Ian Joy with James Benj and Nigel Rio Coker with you. And uh, I will say this, Guillaume Balagues, we talked about Destination Paris. He was in uh, Israel today to watch the game between PSG and Maccabi Haifa. And before we get to the big talking point, 
which in my opinion is Juventus against Benfica. We much touched upon the fact that PSG had a convincing victory. Uh, Messi, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar all on the score sheet today. Nigel? Uh, I don't know what you want me to say, mate. <laughs> it's what you expect. <laughs> yeah. I think. I expected PSG to win. They made it harder than it needed to be. Again, questions are there. And I think that's the one thing that I like about this Champions League so far, what we're seeing. I think even with the top teams, I still don't see everyone is the complete 1%, the uh, complete team, sorry, overall. I think the one that I like the most as a dark horse at the moment I'm really enjoying watching is Napoli. I really like what I'm seeing from Napoli. But for me, I think the ones that everyone sees, the usual suspects, whether it's Barcelona, Bayern Munich, um, Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester City, there are still questions for these teams. And I think that most teams on their day could really cause them some problems. The other team, actually, I forgot to mention, where even though they're not playing well, but they're grinding out results, is Real Madrid. But PSG got the job done. Again, I still feel that PSG, it's going to be in the knockout stages. They should get through the group stages. The knockout stages, when they face some of the other big boys, is when we're really going to know how far PSG have really come. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm with with both of you there. I, I can't muster up anything to say about PSG. I mean, like, I, I think you can pretty much ignore everything they do between now and February. You know, it, they'll romp to the Liga and title, um, and then we'll see if there's anything to this team like some pretty football before they conceded. But like, yeah, as as Nigel says, they should be kind of hammering these teams. And I think that's what you want to see, the sort of thirst for more and more goals, not we'll knock it around a bit and then we'll see, oh, we've conceded. Well, I guess we better start playing football now. I mean, like, you know, as you, you were saying, Ian, though, the big talking point here is is Juventus falling apart. Um, it was so predictable. Like the minute Milik scored, you absolutely knew what Max Allegri's team were going to do. They were going to stop playing football. And they did. And then they sort of looked around at the hour mark and they were like, oh, well, we're losing. We'd better play football again. It's the same thing at Salernitana. Everyone was sort of, everyone was furious and rightly so about VAR. But if I were a Juventus fan, I would be furious at the fact that we were 2-0 down to Salernitana and needed a last minute VAR, last minute goal to win. Like, this team have got nothing creatively. I mean, kind of like we were saying about Chelsea. There's no spark. There's no fizz no excitement um and yet kind of speaking to colleagues in italy it looks like they're stuck with allegri because it'd be too expensive to sack him mm-hmm. james just a quick one how big a miss do you think that is for juventus now that he's obviously flourishing at roma because for me it looked like there was no kind of real creativity there and uh ian and i will we disagree on that they've got one of the top strikers in europe but again what ian did agree is he's not getting the service you've got no pogba dial is not there Di Maria is kind of getting injured and stuff like that. They look completely disjointed. And also, did you notice how empty the stadium was? And it's a Champions League game. So I think the fans starting to protest now by what they're seeing by not going to games. Same on Sunday as well. I mean, like, you couldn't pay me to watch that football. So I certainly wouldn't pay. I mean, I think they're missing Dybala because, like, as you say, there's no Pogba, there's no Di Maria, there's no Chiesa as well. And obviously, if you have those three... I think we'd be saying, oh, yeah, they're fine. You know, they're, they're not missing him. But equally, like, you can get creativity out of players that aren't superstars, that aren't Pogba, you know, if you set your team up in the right way. But Allegri just sets out his team to in the most conservative manner possible. I mean, clearly he has been a great coach. He's won a lot of Serie A trophies. He got to the final of the Champions League. But mm-hmm. it sort of feels like Italian football and Champions League football has, has maybe moved on a little bit from him or his ideas haven't moved on with it. Um, and I mean, you know, as we're kind of getting in the comments here, we should also just say that Benfica are a really good team. It, it's yeah. natural to make this about Juventus because they are one of the big clubs. But Benfica what they do every year without superstar players um, is amazing. And a great recovery job with David Neres, who uh, looked like his career was going a little bit off the rails, but now wonderful footballer and great to see him shining. Yeah, just a reminder, in Group H, Juventus uh, went down by two goals to one to Benfica today. Milik opened to score and to make it 1-0 for Juventus on the fourth minute, his third goal of the season. Uh, 1-1 it was just ahead of halftime. Jao Maria on the penalty spot, five goals in his last five games for him before in the 55th minute, as James just mentioned, there, David Neres, his fourth goal of the season. Since his switch from Shakhtar Donetsk, it seems that everybody's been leaving Shakhtar for obvious reasons, and David Neres has certainly found a home at Benfica. They now sit at the top of the group with 
six points next to Paris Saint-Germain. Juventus are in trouble. There's no doubt about it. Nigel, I, I just want to touch upon the fact that, yes, there's a ton of injuries you have to deal with with Juventus Football Club right now. And you mentioned some departures, big departures. Dybala, you could see the tears when he left the club and blah, blah, blah. But it's about business decisions for Juve and it's about business decisions here, as James just mentioned, about potentially keeping Allegri. Right now, there's no way, there's no way in history that a coach could start 0-2 in the Champions League and still keep their coach, especially when they're not winning uh, Scudetto every single year in their domestic league. It just wouldn't happen. Juve would make that firing right now. So this is a financial decision if they decide to keep him. I think they actually might get rid of him. I think he's uh, he's coming to the end of his term now. It's unfortunate what's happened at Juve, um, but for sure, the result today simply not good enough for Juventus. And uh, in the Champions League, it now looks like it's going to be very difficult for them to even make it through. I mean, they do have the advantage now of two games against Maccabi Haifa, and those are back-to-back games. But what are your opinion, uh, James, about Juve getting out of this group? Can they still get it done? Is it even possible now? It feels like Barcelona last year, doesn't it, where actually they've got no room at all to make a mistake. And Benfica, if they get, say, a point off PSG, then suddenly they've got loads of wiggle room. So, I mean, obviously, like, they can but I don't think they will. I think I, don't, I personally don't think they will. I think they won't. They won't. And I agree with what you just said there, Ian, as well, because for me, I think that they will make that change because you've got to think about it for the long term as well. The fans are not going to games. So that's not something you're going to want to see as well as Juventus anyway. So right now, if you can make a change, take the financial hit, bring a manager in for the long term and really do a proper rebuild with identifying the right talent, then that's your best option. But if you keep going down this vicious cycle, it's only going to keep going round and round and round and round. And I also think for the people listening, we have to understand football is such a beautiful game. Sometimes some clubs get lazy. They do recruiting. They do get the right players in. They get comfortable and complacent. And they sit there for four or five years on these players. They don't look at the future in the long term. They don't get that balance right of getting the right amount of academy players coming through every year. We've also identified some of the best young players worldwide where we can get into our system and also maybe buying some players where we don't have to heavily rely on buying superstars. So when we say this, it's not that clubs are not spending the money because no, you don't always have to spend the money. This is how we see some of these top players coming from small, low league clubs where just because they're probably more proactive in the scouting element of it, and the recruiting element of it, that they're getting these players because these players are out there. Football is the world's game. There's players out there. It's just some clubs get lazy, get comfortable, and they find themselves in this situation. I think I agree with you, Ian. I think that they're going to have to let go of him. You know, James will probably tell us more than us. The Italian press can be ruthless. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that Juventus are going to be getting it in the press tomorrow, and they're going to be very ruthless and honest about what they're witnessing and what's happening at the club right now. You're watching Keiko Lazzo, Ian Joy, James Benj and Nigel Rio Coker with you. Do you agree with Nigel? Do you think it's time for Allegri to go? Do you agree with myself where I think there's just no other option? Allegri has to go. Do you agree with James Benj that maybe from what he's hearing from the Italian reporters, maybe financially they have to keep them? Let us know in the comments below. Please make sure you like and subscribe as well. It's awesome to have you with us. Let's move on to Group F. Um, of course, the, the game of the day was Celtic's away game to Shakhtar Donetsk. But we'll start with another slow game that kind of really we were focusing on a little bit. That was Real Madrid's game against uh, RB Leipzig. Uh, very interesting affair. Leipzig made it interesting. Probably should have got themselves uh, uh, in my opinion a goal in that first half Leipzig but Real Madrid did leave it late thanks to goals from Valverde and Asensio they won by two goals to nil. Nigel Rio Coker, good enough for Real Madrid? Good enough. They got the job done. I think there's nothing much you can say. You know, I, I think what we've seen with Real Madrid so far is They've been quite slow starters in games in the Champions League. But what they're doing is they're still grinding out results. That's a dangerous thing to see in a team. And I think if you look at their run last year to when they even won the Champions League, it was a very similar Real Madrid style of performances. They weren't great in the games, but somehow when it mattered, when that vital moment came, they had the star quality to take advantage of it. And that is what they did. I think Leipzig had some good chances. You finally got to see your two favourites linking up today in the game, Ian. You know, Timo Werner and, um, sorry, the young kid's name. Yes, and Gugu. They were linking up well, causing problems. But 
they just couldn't connect it in the end and put it into the back of the net. Real Madrid weathered the storm. And as the game went on, they got the winner. Same thing they did against Celtic. Celtic were very dominant, played great football, but the quality of Real Madrid signs in the end. And they look good for me. I think they really do look good, Real Madrid. James, yeah, good very, enough? Yeah, very little to add to that, really, other than to just say, I think what's interesting about Madrid is they've, they've played two teams who, like, if not their absolute best performance, I thought Celtic and, and Leipzig both delivered, like, really good performances by the standards they've been at. And Madrid mm. just kind of coped. And they waited and, they, you know, they waited. They bided their time and that's kind of what champions do. They just seem so at ease. No tension. And they're doing all this without without Benzema, largely. It's, um, yeah, they look like they're going to be a real problem come the uh, knockout rounds. James, I just wonder with this compact schedule that the Champions League has got right now that we're seeing these big clubs, these giants, um, obviously having to rotate. Injuries will happen. Karim Benzema absent today for Real Madrid. Um, but it didn't look like they missed much of a beat in that second half. They relied heavily on a lot of the kids to step up. And you're starting to see Vinicius Jr. really grab this game by the scruff of the neck. I mean, a big impact, obviously, on the, the go-ahead goal. Um, but is this compact schedule in the Champions League and, and obviously issues with the scheduling for domestic leagues and European competition starting to wear and tear on players that we're seeing maybe players holding back for 45 minutes and then having to go for 30 minutes and just kind of preserve their energy at some parts in the game? It's, I mean, it's interesting you said that. I know this is a very different example, but Shakhtar and Celtic, but especially Shakhtar, looked exhausted. Um, and I think Carlo Ancelotti, I know he's never really managed in a season like this one. No one has. But he knows he knows exactly what he, you know, he's doing. I mean, our producer, Des, I, I steal this from him. He's just fla flashed up in the chat. You know, someone like Asensio, unused sub against Mallorca, didn't play, comes in, scores a cr cracking goal. I think it obviously helps to have a deep squad and look, you know, a team like Madrid, they'll just be thinking, how quickly can we can we get top spot wrapped up by the end of game four? And then we'll just, you know, play whoever we've got, whoever we've got lying around on the bench. And that'd be good news for Celtic, wouldn't it? I think that that kind of could be quite interesting if you can play Real Madrid when they're just throwing out the kids. And if you've just got a really credible, creditable point in, uh, in Warsaw, I think things are looking quite good for Ange Postacoglu's men. All right, let me just add to this one here. Shakhtar Donetsk won Celtic won. It was the earlier kickoff in the group of Group F. Um, we did see an own goal. It looked like Rio Hatate had given Celtic the advantage, but it was eventually given as an own goal to give Celtic the early lead 11 minutes into the game. Oh. 29 minutes on the clock. Mikolo Mudrik. Before we move on, James Bench, he has also stated his desire to play for Arsenal Football Club. Who what are your thoughts hasn't? on that? Who hasn't stated their desire to play for There's a lot of people who hasn't, James. Let's not get carried away now. Okay. There's a lot. Top of the league. Um, God, for how long? Give another two weeks. Yeah. Reality will hit. <laughs> if he fancies it, he's um he's welcome to come and come and warm the bench. He's, he's a left winger though, isn't he? I mean, Arsenal are pretty well stocked there with with yeah. Martin. He's he's one I know they've looked at, but came very, very close to going to Brentford. Um in uh last month and and I think actually it's more likely that he makes that sort of move um where he goes to be a guaranteed starter but uh, yeah. Arsenal definitely on the hunt for wingers and and he's not done his case any harm in the last few weeks yeah two goals two assists already in the Champions League for him another cracker against Celtic today it was enough to earn a point for them in Group F let's have a quick look at six points for Real Madrid at the top of the table Shakhtar with four points just behind them Celtic on the one point and Leipzig just trying to play catch up at this moment in time uh, we'll move ahead to Group A it was the rescheduled game it was Napoli on the roads to Rangers it was an entertaining second half to say the least no Napoli fans allowed in the stadium because of lack of police presence. It was only Rangers fans who gave a minute silence for the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and then also sang the national anthem, God Save the King, against UEFA's wishes. And apparently Rangers happy to pay the fine ahead of kickoff. Um, Rangers not frightened to, to showcase that they don't care. They're going to do what they want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, the game itself, Nigel, Rangers let themselves down, gave up penalty kick after penalty kick. James hands with a red card and Napoli too good. And you've clearly been impressed with them. Yeah, Napoli were just too good. You know, and it's, it's what we said here. We discussed this game and everything and we know what Ibrox can be like. It's a very, very intimidating place when the fans are behind you. And we've got to give extra credit to Napoli. 
because they went there with no fans. And it goes to show how strong mentally this team is. They're so strong to go there, have no fans and no support, and grind out to get the result. The penalties for me was just a bit crazy. And I wanted to ask you guys, how does it work when the first penalty was taken, the goalkeeper is penalised for jumping, for one foot not being on the line, and then obviously Napoli, he saves the saves the first kick, but then Napoli score after that. How is it penalised for them to retake the penalty? That's what I want no, to understand. It was retaken for somebody stepping into the box. Politano, yeah. the box, yeah. How was so it into the, player, the box? The player who followed up, he was in the box and there was also a Rangers player in the box and that's why the penalty was retaken again. You know, obviously they missed and scored the but they rebound, did. But he did look like he was he punishing McGregor for something and I, I don't yeah. know if he even booked him or anything. Well, that's if he was if he was off the line, if he's off the line, they give him a warning, right? If right. he's off the line and then now it's the yellow card issue. So you get a warning, then you pick up a card if you do it again. But I mean, it was a crazy situation. I mean, if you look at what happened in the game, James Sands picks up that red card. It was a little unfortunate fortunate but second yellow card in quick succession for Sanz he goes off the pitch they did miss the penalty kick Matteo Politano um, obviously missed and then um, Zielinski missed again following the second one so it got a little crazy before Politano eventually did score the opening goal Raspadori and Ndombele rounded things off for Napoli but James uh, not great for Rangers but we have to say this is pretty impressive from what we're seeing with Napoli time and time again I bet against them a lot of people are betting against them to fail domestically because they don't have the quality and depth. But they are winning not only domestically, they're also winning in Europe. And I mean, I sort of agree with you that they don't have a huge squad, but they also brought on Raspadori. They brought on Ndombele. They both scored. Mm -hmm. You know, it would need like, it needs the sort of luck of you not getting a really big injury crisis. But if you've got sort of 14, 15 really good players and clearly they've got a little bit of depth, um, then, then you can feel a bit hopeful. I mean, if they could keep Osimhen fit as well, week in, week out, I would be with Nigel saying this is a team that you can't actually rule out going really deep in the competition, maybe even winning the whole thing if things break right. Clearly, they've got real quality here and they've they've shown that in both games. Absolute killers. Um, I, I really, really like this team. And I, I kind of, I think in the end, it's it's hard to criticise Rangers too much. They've just been given a group that was even harder than we thought it might be. So um, I'll, I'll give the floor to Nigel because he's he's buzzing about all things Napoli. No, I just, I, I think that it's great because I think what we've got to do as well, guys, is give a perspective to football fans not to get this notion that when you support a club, your club has to spend money. If they're not spending money, they're not being competitive. Give credit to Napoli. They lost the spine of their team to other so-called bigger clubs. But again, mm -hmm. proactive recruiting the right players that fit the right system of how they like to play. And for me, they've just gone from strength to strength. Many people question how good they'll be this year because you lose such important players, especially when you lose a very good centre-back like they did to Chelsea. Um, for me, I just think it's all about recruiting. It's about recruiting the right players to come and fit the coach's system. And they haven't spent big money. They've just got some talented players. And I'm sure with the performances they're putting in again, they're probably going to lose them again. But then it goes to how proactive are they being in the scouting network, seeing players, identifying players. And yeah. I think Agresise, for me, is just a different player right now. He's not the same player that we saw at Fulham. And he's an absolute breath of fresh air at Napoli. And he's playing fantastically well. It just might be the Serie, the, um, Serie A suits him better than the Premier League did. And he's just literally dominating games for Napoli in that centre midfield. And it's, it's great to watch and it gives you great conversation that you don't always have to spend big to be a successful team. Well, it certainly will be a big test coming up for Napoli at the weekend. They're on the road to Milan, a game you can catch on Paramount+. Plus. It's incredible to see what they've been doing, Napoli, this campaign. Really impressed, obviously well coached. But to have this type of consistency, I just didn't see it at all. They are a dangerous side. Um I want to thank everybody for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us. Um, Kego Lazzo continues to shine. We continue to improve and get better and better. Always trying to get your feedback. So please make sure you leave a comment below. And I also want to get a comment from everybody out there. If you agree with James Bench that this Napoli side, if they get lucky, could potentially win the Champions League this year. Really lucky. Let's be clear. Really Like, you know, like... James. I agree with you. I'm backing you for that one because I agree. Don't worry about Ian trying to make people 
mind alter. You know, Ian just throws a little bone in there to get people to maybe think and come at you. But I agree with you, James, 100%. It can be done. Let me rephrase that one. James Bench going for Napoli to win it all the way. Nigel <laughs> Real Coker just put money on Napoli to win the Champions League. Um, I will put money please. on Napoli. Yeah, what are the odds? We could, we could make a killing yeah, on exactly. this. It could be another Leicester run all the way to the Champions League final for Napoli this year. But they got the squad, certainly. And my question marks would be the quality and depth for them. But they're certainly having a firecracker start already this campaign. Um, it's been awesome to have you guys with us, guys. It's been amazing uh, Champions League match day. Match day two did not disappoint. Before we go, Rafa Cardenas, Napoli can win Serie A. I hope they do. But they've got no chance of winning the Champions League. Rafa, thanks for agreeing with me and disagreeing with Nigel and James. Um, but I want to also make sure that everybody knows that Kegel Latza will be back tomorrow. We have a preview of all of Europe's top games coming up this weekend, including a welcome back to the Premier League. James Bench, before I let you go, there's been a bit of rescheduling going on right now in the English Premier League games. A lot of uh, games being cancelled, being moved around. What is your opinion on this, well, right? I mean, I, I'm trying I'm to get my really, head around it. I'm really annoyed because... It, this has directly affected me and my plans, and that's when you know there's there's problems. I was really looking forward to Chelsea Liverpool. I, you know, got my plans, done my research, um, and now I'm going to have to flip to something. I think maybe Brentford Arsenal should be quite fun. So uh, go along to that and see if it. I mean, at least it can't be as bad for Arsenal as it was last season. Nigel, before I let you go, is there a game you're looking forward to this weekend that you maybe got an eye on? I mean, West Ham have got to start getting some points on the board, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'd have to say, uh, do you know, actually, no, I'd be interested to see, uh, I think it's Wolves-Leicester mm. this weekend, and I'd be interested to see uh, Diego Costa, one of the great characters of the Premier League, maybe if he gets to play a bit of that. And then obviously, you know, Brendan Rodgers is definitely under it still at Leicester. And I think he, he is a top manager, in my opinion. I think he is one of the, the better managers that we have produced. And it's just unfortunate right now with what's going on at Leicester. And again, it comes down to the financial fair play. So I'd be interested to see that game. All right, Nigel Rio Coker, thanks so much for your time and your insight on the Champions League these past two match days. James Bench, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always great to see you, even if you do want to have an all-star game for the north and the south of England. I'd like to see Scotland versus England be coming back <laughs> to the forefront once again. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys with us. Thank you so much for joining us. And a big thank you to everyone out there for listening to Kego Lazzo. Uh, please make sure you take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we are available on Apple Pod, uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available, unfortunately, for Nigel Rio Coker on video. So subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Visit YouTube. Nigel Rio Coker, James Bench. I'm Ian Joy. We'll see you tomorrow for the weekend review.